Mr. Adam Henderson. Thank you, Love you, bud. Love you so much. All right. How is everyone this morning? How are y'all? Just get used to it because it's coming, okay? It's totally coming. I was talking to Dan the other day and he said, wow, you sound really country right now. Uh, and I was like, well, what do you expect whenever you move back to East Texas? Um, and literally, it took me about a good two weeks to figure out what people were saying to me, okay? Um, I, 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 didn't know, I didn't know what they were talking about. They would point, you know, they would tell me to do stuff, and I'd be like, you're going to have to say it again, maybe write it out, because I have no clue what you're talking about. Um, it's pretty thick accent down there. Um, but anyways, it is so good uh, to be back here at LifeSpring. Um, can I just tell you this? I miss you guys like crazy. I miss, I miss y'all like crazy, and, and, and whenever I get to come back and, and hang out with you, uh, I love it, I absolutely love it, um, and, and it's good to see everybody, as you know, I am stealing a few people um, from you, that was never my intent at all, I told Dan that from the very beginning, I said, Dan, I asked nobody to move down to Texas, okay, I just want to make that clear, uh, uh, and, and, and so, so anyways, it's so good to be back um, I moved from here about six or seven months ago, went down to Canton, Texas. It's a, like, like, it's a, it's a booming metropolis. Um, it's about 3,600 people, okay? It's, it, it's not, uh, it's not unrare to see, uh, people riding horses, uh, through town, okay? I, I saw it for the first time, uh, a couple of months ago, and I thought, yep, I'm back in Texas. This is great. This is good. But I'm there in Canton, Texas. I'm pastoring Canton Four Square Church, and, um, things are really going good. Things are really going good. Um, how, how many of you know everything's a process, right? It's a process. And sometimes you would love to speed up the process, but that's not always reality, right? And so right now we are in a process. God is bringing people in through the doors. I mean, seriously, on a weekly basis. And, and they are starting to get plugged in. I've been crying out to God, asking God for musicians. Uh, I have my brother Micah playing the piano. And literally, that's all we had. God bless Micah. I was thankful for Micah, um, but that's all we had for about three months was Micah playing the piano and, and leading us through worship, and it was good and it was great, but I thought, God, I know you have more. I know you have more for this place, and so, and I was on the drum set until I broke my arm, and then I broke my arm, and, and, and God sent two more drummers in, um, so I'm trying to figure out what I have to do to get some more guitar players and bass players and stuff like that, because if I break my arm, drum, you know, just trying to figure out the equation here, how God's really working, but anyways, it's going good, we have a big fall coming up, um, I know you guys are doing a Friends Day uh, this next week, hey, I want to encourage you, bring people next week. Bring people next week. Do not take no for an answer, all right? We actually have a Friends Day coming up. We're going to do ours in September when hopefully it cools down just a little bit um, because no one wants to go outside right now. Nobody wants to go outside. You, you run from air conditioning unit to air conditioning unit. You guys know. You guys know. Um, um, and so, so, so you're absolutely going to air conditioning unit to air conditioning unit, hoping you don't melt on the way there. Um, um, but it's really good. I'm glad God sent me down there. Uh, God's doing big things at Canton Four Square Church. Um, and I love you guys so, so, so much. All right, well, this morning we're going to continue in the series uh, called Sun Ripened. Uh, I heard that Pastor Dan has been walking through this the last two weeks. He told me that he actually wasn't even able to get to the fruit of the Spirit yet, um, which doesn't surprise me at all. Does not surprise me at all. He wasn't quite able to get there. <laughs> when he told me that, I was like, I bet you weren't. Uh, um, 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 but, but over the last two weeks, he's, he's talked about what it looks like to be a Christian, right? 
what it looks like to be a Christian. And then he talked about having a relationship with God and a walk with the Spirit. A walk with the Spirit. And how many of you know that a walk with the Spirit is always going to produce the fruit of the Spirit? If you have a walk with the Spirit, if you are in tune to what God is saying and God is doing, and you have the Holy Spirit dwelling and living on the inside of you, you cannot help but to produce the fruit of the Spirit. That God, the Holy Spirit, is, is working in us. And He's working it all for His good and His glory. And He's got things for us to do. And so He's producing fruit in our life. And that's what we're going to go today. We're going to be in the book of Galatians in chapter 5. Chapter 5. Let me give you a little background on, on Galatians 5 real quick. Paul is obviously writing to the church of Galatia, which they call it. And he's, he's writing this in response, basically, to, to people who are trying to discredit him. So Paul has been there. He is, he is taught. Um, and then after he left, people came in, uh, good religious people, right, came in um, and started trying to disprove or discredit what Paul had previously taught them. And so what they're actually trying to do is they're trying to bring, in, uh, bring back in the law, the legalism, the, the do's and do nots, right? They're trying to put these back in the everyday Christian walk. And so Paul catches wind of it. And the people are, are really confused. The, the, the church is confused. They don't know what's true, what's not true. Hey, is Paul right? Or are the guys who came in and told us uh, these things, are they right? And so they're confused. Um, and the people are saying, hey, without the law, um, um, your beliefs, your, your Christianity, who you are, you're incomplete. And so Paul writes this letter. Paul writes this letter, and he writes it kind of as a how to know that I'm, I'm living and doing this thing right, that I'm actually doing this right. It, for example, it'd be something like, like me getting up here today um, uh, and, 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 and telling you, hey, you've been, you've been doing good, but, but there's a few more things I want to add to it, okay? There's a few more things I want to add to it and throwing a bunch of stuff on you that God never intended for you to walk with. And so you know what would happen? Next week, uh, Pastor Dan would get up, and I don't even know if he would wait till next week. Uh, he, he, he would get up here, and, 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 and he would begin to tell you how it really is. Hey, that, that, that Adam told you a bunch of hooey-fooey stuff. Um, um, and this is the way that it really is. And so this is what Paul is actually doing with this letter uh, to, to, to the church. Is he's, he's, he's telling them, hey, these guys, they have, I'm sure they're good religious people, but God has not called us to do all of this. He has not called us to, to have you know, the whole law weighing us down all the time. It's actually a work in the spirit that God is after. Amen? And it's the same with our life, that he's after a work that's in the Spirit. And so let's pick it up in Galatians 5. We're going to read 19 through 24. And this is what it says. It says, Now the works of the flesh are evident, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who, who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. You see, Paul says this, 
that, that, that where you once had strife, where you once had jealousy, where you once had anger, where you once were, were totally messed up, right? Where things were going wrong in your life. Hey, those things have been nailed to the cross with Jesus Christ. Amen? Hey, we can grab a hold of that right there this morning. Right? Because it's so easy to reach back into our dysfunction sometimes, right? It's really easy to reach back into our dysfunction and pull it into where we're living right now. But, but Paul claims here that, that, that those things are dead. They are gone. Matter of fact, they've been nailed to the cross of Jesus Christ. That they no longer have power over us. They no longer control us. But, but actually in their place now uh, is, is the fruit of the Spirit. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is at work in our lives when we give our lives to Jesus Christ and invite Him in. He begins to work. And He begins to produce. So the Holy Spirit is now producing this godly fruit in our life. How many you know that when you give your life to Jesus Christ, He begins to transform you? When you give your life to Jesus Christ, when you are converted, when, when, when you are dead and now alive, you begin... Jesus Christ begins to work in you. The Holy Spirit begins to work in you. And fruit is being produced. How many of you can't look the same as you once looked? You can't. I'm always weary of people, okay? I'm always weary of people who, who, who give their life to Jesus. And I'm not judging. I'm not their judge. You get that, right? Uh, but, but, but nothing changes. Nothing changes. Because Paul is saying right here, hey, there was, there was a way that you lived before you knew Christ. But now you know Christ. And so there's a new way to live. There's a new way to live. And there's new things that are going to be taking place in your life. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Without Jesus Christ, I am a mess. That's just the truth. That's the truth. And so today, here's what we're going to look at. We're going to look at love. Love. Everybody say love. Y'all are so good, man. I tell the people I can't, I can't four-square church. When I first got there, they wouldn't even talk back to me. And I was like, this is going to go really bad because I preach better when you talk back to me. And so they wouldn't say anything. And so last week, I, 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 I had them repeat after me something. And they said it really well. And I was like, oh, my gosh. My people. My people. But I, leave, I love being back at Life Spring because I know you're going to repeat after me. Everybody say love one more time. So love is the first fruit of the Spirit that Paul mentions. Why does he mention it first? Because it's the most important. It really is. Love is the most important fruit of the Spirit that the, that, that the Holy Spirit will produce in our lives. You see, from, from, from love, all the other sun-ripened fruits that we talk about throughout this series find their place. If you don't have love in its rightful place, the other fruits of the Spirit will never find theirs. You see, what is love? Love is the mark of a follower of Christ. It's, it's, it's the mark of a follower of Christ. If you claim to know Jesus but have no love, I, I question it. And that sounds hard and that sounds harsh, but it's true. Why? Because it's the mark of a Christian. You see, Paul put it this way in earlier verses. He said that, that, that if you don't have love, you've got nothing. You've got nothing. You can prophesy, you can speak really well, you can do these things. Hey, but without love, if you don't have love, those things mean nothing. Those things mean nothing. And actually the love that, 
that, that Paul is talking about here is, is the Greek word agape. Everybody say agape. Agape, yes. So, so here's the difference is, is there's a few loves that we get from the Greek word. Um, uh, one of them is, is phileo, and it's basically the love that you and I really know. It's the love that you and I really know. Hey, you're pretty. Hey, you're, you're encouraging to me. You're nice. So what? So, 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 so I phileo you. I fall in love with you. I love you. You know, all these things, it, 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 it's a humanly love. A human love. But, but what Paul is actually talking about when he mentions this word love is, is the word agape. And, and what agape is, is it's a godly love. What does that mean? This love needs no reciprocation. It needs no reason to do it. It's a godly love. And so this is the love that God has shown each one of us. This agape love. How many of you know we were not worthy of God's love? We did not deserve God's love. But what? He freely gave it to each and every one of us. And this is the, uh, the, the word agape. How many you know in today's society you can ask five people to define love? And guess what you're going to get? Five different answers. You really are. But love, and I'm here to tell you this this morning, love is too important to guess at. It's too important to guess at. And so today, here's what we're going to do, is, is we're going to look at some more scripture and what God has to say about love, the fruit of the Spirit, love, and what that looks like in our life. What is He producing? What is He producing? You see, the Bible actually talks about this love being demonstrated. First John Four, seven through nine says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is from God, and whoever loves has been born of God and knows God. Anyone who, do, who, who does not love does not know God, because God is love. In this love of God um, was made manifest among us that God sent His only Son into the world so that we might live through Him. How many know that God created and demonstrated love? It was His idea. He is the author. You see, and when you separate God and love, you get calamity every time. When you separate God and love, you get calamity every time. You get disaster. Things don't look good. Why? Because God is love. Now, love is not God, but God is love. And when you separate those two, you, you, you can wind up at, at, at calamity really, really quick. So God demonstrated His love through who? Jesus Christ, right? For each and every one of us. Romans 5, 8 says that, that even while we were sinners, Christ died for us. So, so, so while we were unworthy, while we didn't deserve it, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, while we were messed up and in our junk, God sent His Son, Jesus Christ, as an act of love on our behalf and won us back to Himself. That's love. That's that agape love. Look, you have done nothing for me. You don't deserve it, but I'm freely giving it. How many of you are glad we serve a God like that? Right? That he's, he's, not, he's not checking the list on us. He's not, he's not deducting points. But He loves us. And the reason why He loves us is because He loves us. And that's the only reason that He needs. And so God is love. And the Holy Spirit is working this agape, this love uh, in our lives. So why? 
Why is he doing that? Well, here it is. Because so that we can show the love of God to the people that are around us. How many know that God just many times just doesn't give us something just for us to hold on to, right? He doesn't just give it to us and say, now you just handle that and take care of it. No, usually when he gives, it's for the benefit of somebody else. And so that's the same with love. When God begins to show us this love and work us this love in our lives, it's just not for us to hold on to, but it's actually for us to be transformed and then begin to produce this love in other people. Begin to produce this love and show other people. So the Holy Spirit is working this fruit in our life that God demonstrated it to us. But He actually didn't only demonstrate it, He defines it. He defines this love. The Bible is not quiet about love. Not even close. You read through the Bible, you're going to read the word love a lot. A lot. And so if we jump into 1 Corinthians 13 this morning, it's a scripture that we all know, right? It's the scripture when you walk into a newlyweds house, right? You walk into their house, they're probably going to have this on their wall somewhere. They're going to have it on their wall somewhere, you know, hanging up, and then a few years later they'll take it down because they're like, I can't even do it. No, I'm just kidding, okay? I'm just kidding. But they're going to have it on their wall. It's going to be up. It's going to be beautiful. It's going to be romantic. And so let's jump into this scripture real quick. 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7, actually. It says, love is, is patient and kind, and love does not envy or boast. It is not arrogant or rude. It does not insist on its own way. It is not irritable or resentful. It does not rejoice at wrongdoings, but rejoices with the truth. And here's where I, where I want to look this morning. It says that love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. How many know that love just doesn't make for good sermons on Sunday morning? Oh, come on, church. Love does not make for, for just, just for good sermons on Sunday morning. Love is actually better shown uh, Monday morning. And Tuesday morning, and Wednesday morning, and, and, and all throughout the week. Thank God for good sermons on Sunday morning. Hopefully I'm giving you one right now, alright? But thank God for good sermons on Sunday morning, but, but, but love is better shown, love is better demonstrated Monday through Friday in our everyday regular life. Love is better shown. And it should look really good on a Monday morning. You see, there's no guessing game. Love is real. Here's the deal is, 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 is you can live it out, you can walk it out, and you can talk it out. Love is a real thing. It's not just something that we talk about. It's something that we live out. It's something that we walk out. As followers of Christ and people who are called uh, uh, by Jesus Christ, it shouldn't just be something that we talk about, something that we reference every now and again, but it should be something that people don't even have to hear us say, but say, wow, there's something different about that one over there. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is working. He's producing. He's doing something in our lives that separates us from the rest of the stuff. And so He's, he's, he's producing this love. And, and, and like I said earlier, 1 Corinthians 13 and, and, and in verse 7 is, is really going to be the, the, the crux of this message today. You see, Paul says this, that, that, that love bears all things, uh, it believes all things, it hopes all things, and it endures all things. Why does Paul keep putting all things at the end of these? 
because he really wants the people to grab hold of it. As emphasis, he puts it on here. Hey, look, love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Everybody say all. 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 (laughs) I think I caught myself acting a little country there. All. That's right. So Paul says that, 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 that love should do these things when? All the time. All the time. And if you're like me this morning, you're probably thinking to yourself, um, sounds really good, sounds good, but uh, do you live in the real world? It's tough. It's difficult. But Paul doesn't, he, he doesn't bat an eye. No, he throws it at him. He says, this is what love looks like. This is what love does all the time. All the time. And there's four of them. And so we're going to work our way through this list this morning. But I want to warn you, this list is, uh, this list is just going to get harder as we go. Isn't that encouraging? That's so encouraging. Thanks, Pastor. I really appreciate it. The, the, this list is just going to get more difficult as we keep walking through it. So I wanted to warn you of that, all right? How many of the things that look impossible to us physically with the power of the Holy Spirit now become possible? It's true. It's true. When we look at something, we say, no, I really can't do that. When we look at this scripture in our own eyes, and we, we, we look at it and we go, that's impossible. That's impossible. Why would God ask me to do that? That's impossible. I can't love all the time, endure all the time, believe all the time, and hope all the time. What are you talking about, God? That's impossible. But as we give our, our, our life over to the work of the Holy Spirit, He begins to produce these things in our life. And now what was once impossible now becomes possible. Amen? That's what He does. And so I tell the people at Canton Foursquare Church this all the time. I really drill this uh, uh, in, into the DNA of the church. Is, is I tell them I don't want to just be a people that hear love sermons on, on Sunday morning, but, but, but I'd rather be a people who live out love throughout the week. Hey, that even though we do hear these love sermons that Jesus does love you on a Sunday morning, what does that look like on a, on, on a daily basis? What does that look like to each one of us? I want to live and I want to look like Jesus more and more every day. I mean, seriously, hey, hey, if we're going to do this, if we're going to do this, why not do it for real? Why not be radical about it? Why, why not really let the work of the Holy Spirit begin to produce this fruit in our life? If we're going to talk about it, why not be about it? It's good. It's good. And I hope I'm not, you're not taking me as an, um, an angry preacher this morning. I promise you it's going to be encouraging. We'll get there, okay? But just hold on. It's going to get harder before it gets better, all right? So Paul says these things. Number one is this, out of 1 Corinthians 13, verse 7, he says, he says that love bears all things. Love bears all things. And one of the derivatives, actually, from this word bear um, is, is, is the picture of a roof. It's the picture of a roof. So what is this saying to each one of us? We are to cover one another. Everyone say cover. We are to cover one another. The word, the picture that it paints is this picture of a roof. You see, the Bible says in 1 Peter 4, 8, it says that love covers a multitude of sin. I'm grateful for that. Thank you, Lord. That love covers a multitude of sin. You see, love 
plays the role of a roof in each one of our lives. We are to cover the people around us. We are to cover the people around us. And here's the deal, is, is some of us are really, really good roofs, right? Some of us are really good roofs. We do good at covering, but, but, but we might have a few skylights in us, right? We have, I, mean, I mean, we're a roof, but sometimes we have a few skylights in us. What am I talking about here? Well, I'm talking about gossiping. I'm talking about talking about people. That's what I'm talking about. How do you know? How do you know it's gossip? Well, it usually starts like this. Well, I don't want to gossip about this person, but... That's how you usually find out that it's gossip, right? I, I, don't, I don't usually talk about them, but let me just share this with you real quick. and We're going to be real spiritual about it. We're going to try to make it seem right, but it's totally wrong. We have a few skylights. And this is the thing, is, is we don't mean to. We have a good heart, but we're just an exposer. We expose other people. What? We have some skylights. We have some skylights in our life. Instead of being this roof, which we are most of the time, there are times where we have these skylights. And the thing is, you don't mean to. We, we, we have a good heart, but it just happens. Now listen to this. It doesn't mean that we ignore sin, right? It doesn't mean that we just ignore sin, but it also means that we don't use people's weaknesses and shortcomings to expose them and to shame them. Why? Because love covers a multitude of sin. We don't use people's weaknesses where they're just vulnerable or shortcomings. And we don't turn those things around on people to shame them or to hurt them. No, the Bible says that we actually cover them. We cover them. And I'm guilty of this. I'm so guilty of this oftentimes. More often than I want to, 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 to even say this morning. But as the Holy Spirit begins to work, I'm believing that He's working on this area too, right? Just like me and you. He's working. You see, privately we cover. I mean, think about it. Each one of us want a roof relationship with our kids, with our friends, with our spouse, whatever it may be. We want these people to cover us, right? So why wouldn't we do it for those people? Why wouldn't we do it for them? See, what if LifeSpring were this type of community that covered people? It covered people. I'd sign up for it. You are this type of community. That's why I love you so much. You guys are. See, we're all works in progress, and God has us all on a journey. But, but, but love, it bears all things. It covers. It covers a multitude of sin. Number two is this, is that love believes all things. Everybody say believe. believe. And the, the, the word here, believe, um, it actually means to look for the best. To look for the best. Now check this out. It doesn't say that we don't see the junk or the mess, but it says during those times, we're actually looking for the best. You've got to be a pretty good detective during those times, right? Because it's really easy to see junk, and it's really easy to see mess. But the Bible says that love believes all things. So what is love actually doing? What is this agape love actually doing in our lives? It is actually believing for the best. 
in the middle of the worst time in someone's life, you remember the best. In the middle of the mess and the junk, you remember the best. You look and you remember and you remind them. You remind them of the best. You see, in today's language, this is what it would sound like. You give people the benefit of the doubt. And here's one phrase or a couple of phrases that, that, that we should be really good at is, is, he didn't mean to. She didn't mean to. It's not what they really wanted to do. And doesn't that sound weak and just, Ugh, I hate saying that. I'm a man. I'm going to fight. But that's not what God calls us to do. He didn't mean to. She didn't mean to. That's not what they wanted to do. Have you ever met anybody like this? Someone who's always, always believing for the best? Someone who's always looking for the best? When I went to Canton, Texas, I, 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 I met this guy. He, he's been a pastor um, at, at, at Victory Church for 26 years. He's been at this church in a community of 3,600 people for 26 years. So I was like, I've got to talk to this guy. So I call him up on the phone, and I say, hey, I'm Adam Henderson, I'm in town, I want to take you to lunch. And he's like, oh, yeah, let's go to lunch, you know, let's do it. So we went to a place called Beans and Burger. <laughs> Better than you think. Better than you think. <laughs> we went to Beans and we went to Burger. So we hung out, and, 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 and I just listened to him talk for basically an hour, and he's a really super awesome guy. But he's been at this church for 26 years in small town Texas, um, and he always has good things to say about people. I mean, he knew everybody in town. We're sitting there eating our lunch, and everybody's stopping by saying, Hey, Pastor Mike, how's it going? Hey, Pastor Mike, how's it going? Hey, Pastor Mike. I'm like, God, you know everybody. This is awesome. But, 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 but I would ask him about people who are actually in my church now. And I'd say, Hey, you know these people? I don't know them. I just got here. I don't, I don't have a clue who they are. He's like, yeah, actually I do. And he would just begin to tell me all the good things about them. And so at one point I was like, raise my hand. I was like, so are any of these people, do they have any, anything wrong with them? <laughs> just wondering. He's like, no, they're great people, blah, blah, blah. You know, and, and, and he's always believing for the best in people's lives. How many know that's tough after 26 years in a town of 3,600 people? You know people's junk. You know people's mess. But in this moment, he's sitting there telling me, he's telling me, hey, these people are good, these people are great. Why? Because I'm believing for the best in their life. And I, when I left that meeting, I thought, God, help me. I need you because I want to look a little bit like that. I want to look a little bit like that. I want to believe for the best. And not just look at the mess and the junk. Do you know that when you refuse to do this, do you know who you actually hold up? Yourself. You hold up yourself, not them. You hold up yourself. What do you do? You, 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 if, if you refuse to do this, you live life in this holding pattern, stuck to whatever just happened, stuck to whatever wrong just was committed, whatever may have just happened, and you can't move forward. You spend your time focusing on the things that you just cannot get over. You see, God calls us to believe for the best. And if you can, if we can, we will experience true freedom. And we will show true love. Everything will get better. Why? Because now there's freedom. 
Put it in our daily vocabulary. All right? They didn't mean to. And I know it sounds really weak, but it can be strong as well. They didn't mean to. You know what? If they had to do it all over again, I bet they wouldn't do that. Have you ever been in that situation, done something to somebody, and you look back and you go, man, if I had to do that all over again, I surely wouldn't have done that. I do it all the time. So I like to say that about people. Man, if they had to do it all over again, I bet they wouldn't do that. I bet they wouldn't do that. They, they choose something else. Why? That's what love looks like. Love believes all things. In the middle of the junk, in the mess, in the middle of the, of, 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 of the things of life, love is looking for the best. Love is looking for the best. Number three is this, is that love hopes all things. Love hopes all things. All right, now it's going to get a little more difficult, okay? Now it's going to get a little more difficult. Love always hopes. And in today's terms, here's how we would say it is, is love holds on to eventual development. Love holds on to eventual development. How many know if you're going to have eventual development, currently you have areas in life that are underdeveloped, right? You have areas that are underdeveloped. But what do we do in these situations? What do we do? We bind ourselves to love. We bind ourselves to the fact that God is faithful. God is faithful. And God has them on a journey just like He has me on a journey. God is working in their life just like He is working in my life. The Holy Spirit is producing fruit in their life, hopefully just like He's producing fruit in my life. See, God is faithful and God has them on a journey just like you and I. I mean, you know that sometimes we wish that journey would hurry up a little bit. Hey, can we just move a little faster, God? A little quicker with this one over here. He's really making me mad. I'd hate to do something stupid. Come on, God, a little quicker. I'm sure people say that about me too. But God has people on a journey. I love this verse, and I, I, I hold on to this verse whenever, whenever I'm feeling kind of out of it, whenever I feel like there is no hope, there is no chance. Philippians 1, 6. That, that, that He, He who began... A good work in me will be faithful to complete it. That He who began... Who began the work in us? God did. God began the work in us. It's not by our own might or our own strength or our own power, but it's by God. God began the work in our lives. Why? Because He loved us. There's no running from it. He loved us. And so he who began the good work in our lives, the Bible says, will be faithful to complete it until the day of Christ Jesus. Hey, that we're on a journey. We're on a journey. And daily as we surrender our lives to God and as we surrender our lives to the working and the power of the Holy Spirit, we are on a journey. And sometimes they're better than other times. Sometimes they're easier than other times. But here's what I want to say to you this morning is do not give up during the journey. Keep moving forward. That he who began the good work in us will be faithful to complete it. Amen? He hasn't given up on you. He hasn't given up on me. If there was one person he should have gave up on, I'll raise my hand right now. Hey, but he's good. He's good and he has us on a journey. 
Aren't you glad that someone believed in you? Aren't you glad that someone didn't give up on you? For me, this happened to me many times in life, but the one that sticks out the most to me happened about, about four years ago, really. And, and life was okay at the time. I was highly, really, really highly dysfunctional, actually. I really was, and, 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 and I was trying to love God and serve God the best that I could, but, but I mean, things were fine, but they weren't really good. Does that make sense? You're kind of in that spot where you're kind of just surviving, and you're like, man, there's got to be more to this than what's happening right now. So I get a phone call one, one, one midweek day, and it's, it's, it's Pastor Dan Bursch on the phone, and he's like, hey, he told you the story up here, and I have it written in my notes that I was going to share this story, but four years ago. He calls me on the phone. He says, I'm taking over to church. You know, I'm going to be a senior pastor. And I'm like, whoa, here we go. Here we go. You got this. He said, I want you to pray about thinking about coming up here and, and, and helping me out. And I was like, wait a second. Dan knows my junk. Dan knows my mess. Why did you call me? Why did you call me? Why? Because he, 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 he saw the junk. He saw the mess of my life. But how many of you know that he did not give up? Aren't you glad that someone didn't give up on you? And because of that, that reason, I'm up here today and I'm preaching. I'm down at, in Texas in the middle of nowhere leading the church and loving life and enjoying life and living life to the fullest just like this book promises us we can do. Why? Because hope, love, or love hopes all things. It believes. Aren't you glad someone didn't give up on you? You see, we're on a journey. We're on a journey. I'm on a journey. You're on a journey. Don't get lost in the snapshot of life. Don't get lost in the snapshot of life. Life is not one still moment or even a few still moments put together. Life is a moving, breathing video. It is moving. It is always recording. It's moving forward. It is not a snapshot. Hey, if you messed it up, if you blew it, don't stay there. Move on. It's not a snapshot. It's a video. Don't live in the past. Let's keep living and believing that the best is yet to come. Amen? The best is yet to come. So love bears all things. Love believes all things. Love hopes all things. And finally, number four is this. Love endures all things. Love endures all things. And if you're here listening to me this morning and, and, and you've already come up with a few expectations, well, this message is definitely for you. And I say that in a very, very loving way, alright? I really do. If you're sitting there and you're thinking in my head, in, in, or in your head, you're sitting there thinking, well, well, this is actually what happened in my case, and, and this is actually what went down, and I really understand what you're saying, but it really doesn't relate. No, this message is definitely for you. Why? Because it says all the time, all the time, all the time, all the time. You see, the word endure here actually means that, 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 that you don't retaliate or reject. Love does not retaliate. And love does not reject. You see, nowhere in Scripture does it say to ignore dysfunction, right? It doesn't tell us to ignore it. 
It doesn't tell us to, to turn a blind eye to it like it doesn't exist. It doesn't say that. But the, Bible, but, but the Bible also says here with the word endure that it does not retaliate and it does not reject. How many know there is room for confrontation and addressing of issues? Love does those things. Love confronts and love addresses. It does those things. But it never retaliates or rejects. When does love ever do that? Never. It doesn't. I mean, seriously. How many of you have ever done this? You hurt me, so I'm going to show you. You hurt me, so I'm going to show you. I'm going to turn my emotions completely off to you, and I'm going to show you just how much you actually really mean to me. You hurt me, and I can hurt you worse. But Jesus didn't do that, did he? Right? I mean, I mean, when we get real and we get honest, Jesus didn't retaliate or reject. He was bearing, he was believing, he was hoping, and he was enduring. Remember the guy, remember the disciple Peter? How many know he had to endure that guy? I mean, read the Bible. Peter, Peter is a mess. Peter's crazy. Always got his foot in his mouth, always doing something crazy. But what does Jesus do? He never rejects or retaliates toward Peter. He only tells him how much he loves him and what he has planned for his life. I mean, I mean, Peter, he, he, he denies Jesus to a junior high girl three times at a bonfire. But Jesus doesn't hold that against him. He doesn't, right? No, he welcomes him back. He welcomes him back. Why? Because that's what love does. That's what love does. And I don't know about you this morning, but I want to look like that. I want to look like that. I want my life to look like that. So how do we do it? How do we do it? What does it look like? Here's what we do. We focus on the manifestation of love, and that is Jesus Christ. He personifies love. We focus on Him and we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives each day this fruit that He's producing. And it all starts with love. We don't have any areas in our lives that are off limits. We open it up for the Holy Spirit to work and to move at His good pleasure. At whatever He wants to do, allow Him to work. Allow Him to work in you. See, you focus on the giver of love. You focus on Jesus. You see, about two weeks ago, I had my brother who, who, who works with me there in Canton. He has another job, but he, he volunteers for me, and he does youth group stuff, and he's, he's really green. He's, he's wet behind the ears. He doesn't really know what's, what's uh, what yet. And so I asked him to do something. I said, hey, man, you've got to plan an event. Plan an event. And he didn't do it. So I asked him literally like five more times, different, di- different occasions. How many know it's a little awkward when you're, it's your brother? He's like, no, I know all the junk in your life, sucker. <laughs> but, 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 but I asked him, and he, he didn't do it. And so I storm into to the area that he calls his office, which is basically a closet, and I'd lose it, completely lose it. I mean, literally, I'm going to show him how mad I am, right? I'm going to show him how mad I am. I told you to do this five times. And you have driven me to this point. 
not my fault, it's your fault. Whatever that means. And so I begin just to yell and, and, and just, just upset. And I know you could never imagine me doing that, okay? But it happened one time, it was this time. Um, so I began to yell and just scream at him. And, and, and I remember like just slamming the door, pow, whenever I walked out. And as I was walking, I mean, know the Holy Spirit is funny. I remember walking and had this thought, I don't think Jesus would have done that. I don't think Jesus would have done that. And literally, I began to cry as I'm walking out. As I'm walking back to my office and I'm like, God just blew it. I completely blew it. But how many of you know that, that we're a work in progress, that the Holy Spirit is working? So I had to go back to him later and say, look, dude, I mess it up all the time. And I did right there. I had to apologize and ask for forgiveness. But, but, but Jesus, that's what he looks like. He personifies love. He personifies love. And there's room for confrontation and addressing, but he personifies love in our lives. And the more that we focus on him, and the more that we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our lives, the more we're going to look like Him. Amen? Would you stand with me this morning? And would everyone bow their heads and close their eyes just in this moment? And, and I'm just going to work through some things real quick. But if you're in here this morning and, and, and you say, Hey, Adam, that, that, that sounds really good and it sounds really great, but, but um, I don't know how to do this. I, you, I heard you talking about Jesus, but I don't have a relationship with Him. With every head bowed and every eye closed in this room this morning, if you want to give your life to Jesus, would you just slip your hand up at me this morning? Amen. We thank you, Lord. Thank you for it, God. If there's anybody else in here, I mean, you know, this is one of the most, the most, not one of the most, the most important thing you will ever do in your life. Anybody else? Here's why I want, I want everyone in this room to repeat after me, okay? Say, Lord Jesus, I thank you. I thank you for dying on the cross for me. And rising from the dead. And I accept you now into my heart. And I confess that you are Lord of my life. Come and transform me. Come and change me. Into what you have called me to be. Into who you have called me to be. God, we thank you for it this morning. Even in this moment, God, that you are working. Holy Spirit, you are actively involved in our lives. You are moving. You are transforming. God, that your work that you've started, you are going to be faithful to continue and even faithful to complete. And we thank you for it this morning. We say that we love you. In Jesus' name, amen.